This is the Meiji at 150 podcast. I'm Tristan Gruno. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Junichi Isomai, Professor of Religious Studies at Nichibunken, the International Research Center for Japanese Studies. Dr. Isomai is the author of Religious Discourse in Modern Japan, Religion, State, and Shinto, published by Brill in 2014. Dr. Isomai, thank you so much for talking with me today. Ah, thank you very much. I'm very looking forward to chatting with you. Much of your research has examined the role of religion, and, and particularly Shinto, in Japanese state and society. And in earlier podcast episodes, we had scholars talking about how the Meiji government approached Shinto and various policies that the Meiji state adopted regarding religion. So I was hoping you might be able to talk about how the role of Shinto and other Japanese religions changes in Japanese society over time, and what impact the restoration had on religion in Japanese people's lives. My work is called, in Japanese academia, the critique of notion of religion in modern Japan. Meiji Ishin, Meiji restoration, gave a big impact in terms of transformation of the notion of religion in modern Japan. So, especially, uh, it comes from Protestantism, from USA or uh, Germany. Protestantism gives two sphere into Japanese society. One is a private religious sphere. Another is public non-religious sphere. So only Shinto was defined in public and non-religious sphere. And other religion, Buddhism, Tao, Christianity, was defined in public, a private, and religious sphere. So Japanese perception on religious phenomena or religious belief was drastically changed by the Protestantic notion of religion. This is my basic idea, my work on modern Japanese religious studies. So, for example, emperor was no religious character at that time before 1945. So for us, nowadays, even Japanese pre-war or during wartime emperor system seem to be very, very religious. But according to the Japanese definition during wartime from Meiji period, it was non-religious because religion only limited to the private sphere according to the Christian Protestantic notion. So emperor controlled all Japanese mentality, all Japanese nationality, even in public sphere. So government said emperor system was beyond, totally beyond private religious sphere. So they said emperor system did not touch any problem related to the religious freedom, because religious freedom was only limited to the sphere of private. It's a very ridiculous or very strange logic, but uh, by 1945, people was 
regulated or identified by the such official discourse. That's how we get this kind of conflicted idea of, on the one hand, the secularity of the Meiji state, which is declared total freedom of religion, on the one hand. But on, then on the other hand, the construction of what we think of as state Shinto, which places the emperor at the center of this practice of emperor worship. And you, you mentioned that it's kind of a ridiculous idea, but how is it that they're coming around to this idea? And then more importantly, how are the people of Japan at the time reacting to this? Do they believe in this emperor worship? Do they believe that the emperor is a deity? Yeah, problem to be discussed is uh, what is a act of belief or meaning of belief. Belief for them was not necessarily accompanying with conviction. Belief is a kind of practice or implicit or unconscious practice without intentional acts or intentional belief. So it comes from the also dichotomy, belief and practice, or intention and non-intentional practice. So public sphere overlapping with unintentional practice, which they call belief. But what is a belief? It's very, very dualistic or unclear sphere. That's a really interesting point about the relationship between belief and practice. And that's something I want to come back to towards the end of our conversation. But if we stay grounded in the wartime and, and this whole idea of state Shinto, when we look back on Western propaganda of Japan during the war, it's, it's always about the Japanese people as pious believers of the state Shinto and devout worshipers of the emperor and, and almost as if they're brainwashed, which is really what makes this this declaration of humanity or the Ningen Sengen from January 1st, 1946, that the Emperor Showa delivers so impactful. And in some cases, you could say it's almost more important for the outside world to tear down this idea of the you know, emperor as a living God idea than it was inside Japan. So was that really the case? Was it more impactful outside of Japan than inside? And, and again, how did people react to this in 1946? Immediately after 1945, people even Japanese try to believe, I think, our emperor abandoned his status of living god. But recently, several scholars, including me, especially scholars of religion, insist on still post-war emperor system based on the, some kind of notion of sacredness. So emperor still, still is defined as offspring of the god Amaterasu, Ameno Minakanushi, uh, the royal god living on the heaven. They came down, they have the legend. They came down from the Takamagahara, Takamara called high heaven, high heaven from down on the earth, and uh, become the human being, but uh, they are offspring of the god. So in this sense, the notion of sacredness, emperor, even regardless of his intention, he is defined as an offspring of God. And then he often go to the Isejingu, Meiji Jingu, 
Except Yasukuni. Yasukuni is an untouchable place for royal family. Recalls a bad memory of wartime Japanese emperor system. But、uh, even our emperor go to Meiji or Ise Shrine. Ise Shrine, the god, was Amaterasu Omikami, the ancestor of the royal family. And then Meiji Shrine, as you know, is a god of Meiji Tenno, first founder of modern emperor system. He b e c o m e living god. And then even now, emperor g o to the Meiji Shrine. How do you explain these ceremonies, these acts? I think, in this sense, he is a, still part of the Shinto system, or of course, which is or has been drastically transformed from the pre war or during wartime emperor system, but still based on the sacredness. Earlier, you mentioned that these new conceptualizations of religion in the Meiji period were really influenced by Western Protestantism. And you know, some listeners might be saying, well, I could see how this distinction between public sphere and private sphere was influenced by Protestantism. But the religious practices themselves, in the case of Japan being centered around the emperor, seem so contradictory to Protestantism. Yeah. So, On the one hand, Japanese society was or、uh, had been、uh, influenced by Protestantism notion. But on the other, it's quite interesting. Japanese society or Japanese politicians or intellectuals try to annihilate, erase the infection or influence of notion of Protestantism. What they want to erase, this is dichotomy, public and private, and religion and secular. Superficially, surfacely, they accept this dichotomy, religion and secular, private and public. But on the other, at first they accept, then try to erase that dichotomy. Everything is okay, we accept public, public secular, religious. And、uh, private, but at the end, we erase these two spirits under the same umbrella by emperor system, state Shinto system, because state Shinto system is no more religion. Not my、uh, definition, according to their definition, no religion, over religion, including religion and secular. Character. Religious and secular, these are two elements, a part of emperor system, state Shinto system. So, Japanese nationality, Koktai national body, and equal emperor and state Shinto system, everything were overcome by one entity. This is their logic, reached at around 1940. And so, then all of these public performances of 
of emperor worship were just one of the responsibilities of the loyal subject of the emperor. Yeah, you know, you, you can believe anything, but uh, lastly, lastly, you have to subordinate. You have to obey emperor system as a national subject. This is their final purpose. And then in 1945, then that distinction has to be reasserted, right? As part of dismantling the state Shinto, Shinto is now declared to be a religion. And this overlapping between the public and private sphere, the Shinto rituals and the government are divorced from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, on the other emperor system, itself is still ambiguous, religious or non-religious. Uh, it's a symbol of the nation state. According to the definition, probably symbol of nation state is a secular, but the emperor still play a role of ritual ceremony. Abe or government said it's a part of private royal family's rights, but uh, they don't have my my opinion. They don't have no <laughs> private human rights, <laughs> so everything they have or he have done belong to public act. So. His religious right, religious ritual act, means he still is a part of religious character. But I don't want to say only he belongs to religious character. Both religious character and non-religious character, he belongs to the same characters. It's a part of ambiguous or something beyond all definitions, all dichotomies. In this sense, emperor system after the war become more soft, more tolerant, more wide, more national. But uh, on the other, uh, emperor system keeps the same character, go beyond any dichotomy, go beyond any definition. It's a very, very big problem. I call it a national body, koktai. And am I correct in, in understanding that the emperor does still continue some of these religious-based rituals that he performs annually, right? like the Ni-Ina-Mesai, the, the first harvest, the first planting. And you can say, well, these are customary, but they are still rooted in religious traditions. According to the Protestantic notion ruled by religious act, basing on the mythology, Kojiki and Nihon Shoki. And this brings us back to this question of the interrelationship of belief and practice. And you know, as many tourists visiting Japan will note, there's temples everywhere, there's shrines everywhere. Many of the biggest holidays and festivals in Japan are religious, but there's many other customary traditions and practices involving religion. For on New Year's, you'll go to the shrine, you have Shinto wedding ceremonies, Buddhist funerals, go to, going to the shrine to pray for success on the entrance exams, displaying the ofuda or the omamori in your car or at your house. But on the other hand, if you were to ask many Japanese people, they say, oh, well, we're not religious at all. So this seems to be a, a kind of disconnect, right? All of these people know what to do with their shrines and the temples. They know to clap their hands and bow when they pray. But then they'll say, well, they're, they're not religious. So, so what's going on there? Yeah, it's a actually a crucial point to in order to understand the Japanese religious life. So as I told you in the beginning of our chatting, uh, it's come from notion of Protestantism. This is not my Japanese said. This is not my religious life. Uh, our religious life, Buddhism or Shinto or something, but uh, Christianity is yours. So, ofuda or 
お守りはお参り、all related to the non-Christian tradition, so I have no belief in a Christian sense.I'm not honest, just without belief, without meaning.For example, my father and mother always said he or her, she attend at a funeral service. Today's monk's voice is very, very gentle and loud, and beautiful. And I always, I was a child, asked them, what was meaning their reading sutra? I didn't know. The problem is a voice. Quality is a voice, gentle voice, like a, sing a song. Why do you want to know the meaning? Meaning is belong to the belief. But it's our religious custom. I went to the Christian church. I was kindergarten. You went too much to go to the kindergarten, influenced by Christian tradition. So you want to know the, what is the meaning. But this is not our custom, religious custom. It's a practice, habitus. So such a foreigner's visitor's impression shows a gap between Christian tradition and non-Christian tradition for Japanese. And the Japanese also interiorize such a gap. So they are influenced by the Christian notion. So they understand what is religion. Religion was only belong to Christian, not Catholic, Protestant connotation. So this is our Buddhist habitus or our Buddhist practice. Should not be called as religion. It's a practice totally different from Protestant. So, Japanese government utilized this gap. All emperor systems practice beyond Christian dichotomy. If we think of Protestantism as mainly being a belief system that's based on faith, Faith in salvation and redemption, it, it's not like these concepts are entirely foreign to Japan. And we could look even back into the medieval period where concepts of mappo or the, the beginning of the age of degeneration, a kind of millenarian you know, fear of the end of the world and desire for salvation. There is historical precedent for this in Japan, right? So I think Jojo Shinshu, Shin Buddhism has the same face, as you said, started from medieval period with sense of guilty and the uh, end of the world and the uh, hope of redemption, hope of uh, come down of new Buddha in another world on this ground. And uh, so this is the reason why Shin Buddhism or new religious movement or Motokyo Tenrikyo was deeply tensioned with emperor system. Emperor, as you know, the punished a present founder of new religious groups, Nakayama Miki, Deguchi Nao. So they called this world is collapsed and our founder saved the world or our God saved the world. It's a touch taboo or secrets of emperor's dignity. So I think emperor system also has some kind of sense of redemption or some kind of sense of millennialism, something, especially after the Meiji period or end of Tokugawa period. Certainly that kind of fear of impending doom was often sparked by major catastrophic events. In the case of the Meiji period, it was 
earthquakes, plagues, the coming of the black ships. In the medieval period, it was another case of earthquakes and fires in places like Kamakura and Kyoto. And again, now in 2011, we had the March 11th triple disaster. Are people seeing this as another, perhaps another beginning of an age of degeneracy and an end of the world scenario? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Several scholars say that we should remember the writings of Hojoki. So Hojoki written in the medieval period, end of the world, or uh, Mujo, uh, no rule on this world. So we survive this world without hope. But uh, such a situation, the making a new situation coming from hope. So some people tend to return to the other of emperor system. Some people tend to return to new religious group. Some people tend to be a part of consumerism, part of global capitalism. They want to be part of something to get their hope. So you, you remember the several weeks ago, the several members of Aum Shinrikyo who committed the Sarin gas attack were killed by government. So Asahara, founder of Aum Shinrikyo, is also the caricature or a ghost of emperor system. I'm go beyond all dichotomy. I control everything. I give you everything to use related to your identity. What is life? I give the answer. So still such a sense, ghost of emperor system survive after the war. And then repetition of the disaster, people put into the serious situation to confront of the anxiety caused by global capitalism or ecological crisis. So they want to be a part of something. I published my editing book, the title, Historiography of the Hope. Life of Tomaseta. Tomaseta is a Marxist, aged 105. He still arrived in Kumamoto. Kumamoto was attacked by the earthquake two years ago. He still survived, but he lost his wife. He still is Marxist. And uh, he said, he told me, we need the hope. But where the hope come from to the Japanese society or to this, on this world? always come from despair, anxiety. But if this abhor, we refute, we deny the darkest age come from the Hannah Arendt's words, losing the public spear, we refuse such a despair, uh, darkest age recognition, we lost hope. If we accept perception of darkest age, we accept try to confront, try to gaze anxiety, necessary, some kind of hope come from somewhere to talking to us. So this is uh, Thomas interesting talking, and he said it's a repetition, 1930s, fascism period, 1945, occupation period, and uh, now always every society repeat such a anxiety or despair caused by something in different type of the shape. But the point is very important not to lose the expectation of the coming hope. Thomas is a Marxist. He has no sense of religion, but he gives a new stage of religion in secular age. 
from Charles Taylor. We have to live in a secular society, but religion come up in a secular society. It's quite different from the emperor system. Nowadays, in Japanese religion, don't want to control all social sphere. But in the secular sphere, some kind of margin, like a day leader, marginal space come up from religious hope. Or we don't need to call the terminology of religion, but something come up to change to the social situation. It's up to us. We, we can call religion. We can call secular. We can call something beyond. But the important is a marginal space coming up to catch up. And we cannot be obsessed. Imperial system cannot obsess. Asahara cannot obsess us. We change. We repeat. We hear the voice them. We criticize them. We reform into our part of our subjectivity. This is a coming shape of new religious research. We continue to hear about new religions in Japan, such as Soka Gakkai, or even Kofuku no Kagaku now, science of happiness. And these are spreading quite rapidly, are they not? And so what does this suggest about the place of religion in Japanese society today? Yeah, intellectual people are quite far from religious uh, atmosphere, I guess. But uh, common people, especially the lower class of the people the committed to the Soka Gakkai, they feel anxiety. They have no access to the society directly. So religious group, please come to our group. You are part of our identity. So they need identification. They need subjectivity. Subjectivity does not belong to only individual. The Mariam only thinks subjectivity belongs to the individuality. But uh, nowadays, religious group gives religious subjectivity. And uh, you are part of subjectivity. You don't need to think of yourself. You are part of ours. Everything comes from us. You are very happy with us. They don't want to continue to be individual. It's a very, very severe situation to maintain the individuality in the Japanese society from the bottom to up. And uh, intellectual people look down on such a common people, but uh, they are isolated. They want to be a part of secular society, secular parts, but such a secular part makes a non-secular part. It's a, such a dichotomy making each other and the confrontation and the religious group, especially new religious group, expanding and absorbing like Asahara. The Meiji at 150 podcast is hosted by Tristan Gruno at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. This podcast would not be possible without the cooperation of the UBC Center for Japanese Research and the technical assistance of the UBC Faculty of Arts, ISIT. Find out more about the Meiji at 150 project, including the Meiji at 150 lecture series, digital teaching resource, and workshop series by visiting our website, meijiat150.arts.ubc.ca. Thank you for listening.